Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. My name is Bella and we're here for another week, which is very exciting. I mean, I've just, oh, I don't even know where to begin. This week has been mega. Like, so many things have happened and I feel like I need to update you on so many things. But I feel like, I don't know if I'm thriving right now. Like, being honest, honest chat, like, I don't know if I'm thriving. Like, I feel like I was thriving for a bit, but I don't know if it's just winter or kind of working out how I'm going to do the balance of everything and kind of working out like boundaries with work and working out how to have a life outside of work but I just feel a little bit recently that my life has been very unorganized and I haven't really been prioritizing things that make me feel good and haven't really been disciplined in ensuring I'm doing the things that make me feel good you know I haven't been journaling I haven't meditated I haven't really been going to the gym. I mean, that's because I was in Manchester, so that was tricky. But, like, I've been twice since I got back, and I guess that's good. But, like, I haven't really... You know those, like, special jobs you're meant to do that make you feel better? I just haven't been doing them. And I've just felt really unmotivated to do them. And when I wake up, I just haven't wanted to be waking up. And I haven't been enforcing myself to wake up. I have been pressing the snooze button, which, like, if you listen to any manifestation, like self-growth type thing that's probably like the worst thing you could do they're always like never do that it's so bad for your day but blah blah blah. I wake up and I feel so tired and I'm just not going to bed early and this isn't like a massive rant of complaining this is just like a my symptoms I'm diagnosing myself with unmotivation for everything and it's not like I just feel a bit meh Like, I don't feel like I'm on top of my shit. Like, I don't feel like this is, like, go mode. She's ready for action. And so I feel like I need to sort out my routine. Because I know the 9 to 5 routine I spoke about last week, which was literally the entire podcast episode, where I was like, yeah, we're gonna, like, let yourself sleep and rest. And I do think that is really important. But I just think whatever I'm doing right now isn't working. It's not working. And sleep is really important and definitely going to be prioritising that this week. But I think come next Monday, I'm going to have to try something new, guys. Because this isn't... I have no motivation to do anything. And I'm just finding that really hard. I think it's also a difference of when you're working. So, it's so tiring. And there's so many deadlines and there's so much going on that... Like, it is exhausting. And it's kind of hard to retrain my brain to not think it has to be productive right now, like all of the time when it really doesn't. But in my mind, for some reason, it does. Like I have to be doing things all of the time. And I think because I have the podcast, like there's so many things I want to do with it. But it's just really hard to work out how I'm going to do that. And talking about the new routine that I'm going to set myself is the bonus podcast episode of this week. So if you're interested, uh, you can subscribe and listen. But I just need to, I just need to... I need to create this routine and stick to it because I'm feeling meh. I am feeling meh. I came back from Manchester and I just felt like long distance is shitty. Like it really is shitty. And it's hard to then get back in the groove of my routine here. I feel like before I left, I was in a really good routine. Like I was good with going to the gym and going to work and like I was on it and everything was good. And then I went to Manchester and I ruined my routine. And then all of a sudden it got hard and it's hard to carry on doing the routine now. And there's a lot of change happening and it's just like tricky, you know? Like it's hard. There's a lot of things going on where like a lot of uncertainty 
and I find that sometimes hard to deal with, like hard to process the uncertainty that's coming, especially because everything in my job is so new that that doesn't really feel comfortable yet. That feels quite anxiety like inducing. And then to think about more change coming makes me just feel really anxious. And I'm trying to train myself not to cry whenever I feel anxious because that's just really embarrassing. And like, I can't, not not that crying is embarrassing, but I don't want to get into the point where, like it's happened a few times and it's never actually happened, but I feel myself tearing up if I'm getting really overwhelmed at work or if I'm feeling really insecure. And it's like, I can't be doing that. It's the workplace. You have to be professional and... I don't want, like, I don't want to do that. And so I'm really trying to, like, train my brain to not do it. But it's really hard. (laughs) Like, I don't really know how to stop my emotions becoming, like, a tidal wave. Because that's how they feel. Like, it feels like a tidal wave of overwhelmingness. And I don't know how to process it. And I know, like, ADHD has something to do with that and everything. But I can't use that as, like, an excuse to not try and do it. You know, I can't just accept it. Because me just accepting it isn't isn't going very well. It is not going very well. I also think I'm on my period. And maybe this is why I'm feeling a little bit meh. But I was talking to my boyfriend about it. And he was just like, you seem very, very stressed right now. And I was like, I am. I'm very anxious. Like my heart's just beating so fast all of the time. It's not much fun. Can't lie. It's really not ideal. And I don't really know how to make it better and I think the ways to make it better are starting this new routine and trying to reevaluate what's going on in my life and how I'm spending my free time and I think also I need to stop thinking about the workplace and about things in my life as like stress like I need to start enjoying it because this has been another really prominent thing it's like this is life this is going to be my life for the future and I need to enjoy it I need to practice what I preach and make sure I'm creating a life that I really enjoy and I don't know how to do that with the current routine that I have and so I need to work out how I'm going to change that but anyway I got back from Manchester let's go back into the life of sorry I've just really gone in there on something that's totally unrelated to the podcast topic but I feel like so many people probably think feel like this it's like first job anxiety or new job anxiety or new routine anxiety and working out how you're going to make that routine work for you because I've been doing it for a month now and I got settled for three weeks and then one week I spent in Manchester but I'm not going to see my boyfriend for a month now which is ideal (laughs) it's not ideal but it's fine it means I can focus on everything and so I need to give myself a chance to get back into the swing of things but anyway I went to what did I do I came home on Monday night and I arrived at like nine-ish. I got the fast train, best thing I've ever done. It was a worthwhile spend of my money. And then this weekend, well, tonight, yes, Tuesday and Wednesday, I didn't really do anything. Like, I went to work, I went to the gym. My gym has started getting really busy and I'm really upset. I thought I'd found a pure gym that no one else went to, but I'm just not, like, that's just not true. Everyone goes. I don't know why no one went initially, but everyone is going now. And I just, I hate working out when it's so busy. Like, I'm really not a fan. So I'm thinking about starting to go in the mornings. Because then, I don't have the best routine in the mornings. But if I went before uni, I would have more of my evenings free. And I'd maybe feel less tired about doing things. So I'm going to play it by ear. But I'm going to try it, I think, next week. Maybe on Wednesday. Wednesday, Thursday, I'll give it a go. 
and I just need to get to bed early and it'll all be this new routine and oh sorry I'm really going off on a thought tangent of how I'm going to reorganize my life and I really need to save this all for the podcast episode but anyway Tuesday Wednesday didn't really do much went to the gym that was literally it recorded some content that was all and then today I'm going to Scarborough like I'm going back home today my train is at 8 p.m I get home at 11 11 p.m and my family's not even home I'm going home to an empty cold house how obsessing is that but it's fine because then I'm going to work from home tomorrow then it's the weekend and we have some really lovely things planned and it's just like going to be wholesome and nice and I feel like I haven't had a weekend where I've slept yet every single weekend I've been really busy doing stuff and this will be the first weekend where I'm not and so that'll be lovely and then I'm working from home on Monday coming back Monday evening and then next week is just hectic like next week is busy I come back on the Monday evening doing something I'm going to this cinema screening on the Wednesday where like this actor's doing a live Q&A afterwards then on the Thursday my sister's coming to stay and then on the Friday I have a plan me and my housemate are doing something Friday Saturday and then Sunday is bonfire night and I'm not gonna lie we were going to go to Primrose Hill, but it's going to be hectic and busy, so I'm undecided on that. But I need to work out a plan. Loads of people plan so much in advance for bonfire night. I was thinking, I think the London Eye would be a great place to go on bonfire night. I wonder how much the tickets are, because you would literally see everything. All <coughs> Oh, sorry. Or the Shard. That would also be a really good place to go. I wonder how much all these things cost. I'm going to do a little bit of Googling, because it might not even be that bad. Sometimes the really expensive things are not actually ending up that expensive. Just everything else in London is ending up very, very expensive. Which is another reason why I'm feeling change coming. Might not be in London forever. Which is why I'm glad that I'm here now. And I'm here for another year. I need to remember how long a year is. Right now I feel very anxious because our landlord's selling the house. Fine. I've got till September. Great. In my head, I'm literally moving out in a month. But I'm not. I'm not. And I need to deal with that and breathe. But once we do, like, move out. Rent in London has dramatically increased since I signed for here. So I think I could probably do another six or seven or eight months. But, God, then, no, no, no. I'm going to have to find somewhere new. Maybe abroad. Because I just think, I've been thinking a lot, not London. But I really do want to go abroad. So then maybe, maybe Portugal. Maybe Lisbon maybe I don't know anywhere but I feel like that'll be the time when me and my boyfriend have to like sit down and make a decision on where we're gonna spend the next segment of our life like the next little chapter which is very exciting to think that like it's not that far away but I don't want to wish my time away I think that's what I'm careful of I don't want to wish everything away and so just trying to stay present but anyway this week we are talking about what my Roman empires are because ever since that video that trend dropped on TikTok I've been hyper obsessing over what mine are and I finally on the train back from Manchester I was sat and I have my iPad and it has a little keyboard there and I was that so annoying person I was there like tap 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 and I was brainstorming I was in a flow state my brain was whirring and I worked out what my six Roman empires are and I'm gonna share them with you and then we can discuss because guys this TikTok trend has really taken me oh I've been thinking about it a lot and I feel like I need to share. But anyway, on to the content part for this week's podcast. (music) 
So this week we are talking about the Roman Empire trend. And if you don't know what this trend was, basically it was this thing that went around TikTok and it was loads of people asking guys like, how often do you think about the Roman Empire? And nearly every single guy on repeat apparently thinks about the Roman Empire every single week. And so it kind of got turned into this thing of being like, what is the thing that you think about like on a regular day, like every single day almost, or like regularly? And I was thinking a lot about what my Roman empires are and what they kind of symbolise and how they've kind of stuck with me over the years because I feel like it has to be something that sticks with you over the years. And I've been, like, I got a new iPad the other week, like, literally last week, last Tuesday, my iPad was born and I love it so much. But anyway, that's not the point. Um, Last week I got my iPad and it hadn't, like, refreshed properly and it still hasn't really synced to my iCloud properly. And so I've been writing notes on my, like, notes app since I first got an iPhone. I always loved the idea of a notes app. And there's, like, maybe 1,500 notes on there and it's all just, like, little thoughts that I've had or, like, weird little to-do lists and things like that. And so I was reading through some of them and it made me think about how some of these things that I think about I've genuinely thought about for so long. Like, they've plagued my mind for so long and they're just always going to be there. And I think some of these things are just, like, why? Why do I think about these things so regularly? And it's, like, it's one of those things that I think are the things that are hard to get your head around. Like, the first one for me is the fact that every single person is their own main character. Like, you are not the main character of someone else's life. And I find that really hard to wrap my head around. That, like, my best friends and my boyfriend solely doing things for their life like I'm sub characters I'm a subplot I'm not the main thing which is as it should be because like I'm just me but you know what I mean I'm not the main thing going on in their life and I think about this a lot when I'm getting hyper obsessed about whether or not someone likes me or whether or not someone's judging me and I'm reminded that like they don't actually care about me they don't actually care about me like they don't they do but I'm not the main focus of their life. Like, they are the main focus of their life. Whatever's going on with them is far more interesting and important to them. Just like whatever's going on with you is far more interesting and important to you. I think one of the best conversations, like, tactics that I ever learned is just ask questions. People love talking about themselves because they're their own main character. And I think this is a thing I think about often. Like, when I'm on the tube, you look around at everyone who's a stranger and you just question, like, What is going on in your life? Why are you here right now? Where are you going to? Where are you coming from? I wish everyone had like a little like, you know how the Sims characters have those little things above their head. I wish everyone had that so I could like have a little info about them. Like everyone had a QR code you could read. Because we're just surrounded by so many people and no one like, I I just really struggle to wrap my head around it. Like I really, really struggle to get that point in there, you know? Like, I just can't. The second one, and this is a big one that I struggle with, is the fact that I might not be able to live all the lifetimes that I want to live. For as long as I can remember, I've always wanted to do everything. I've wanted to kind of go down the corporate route and I've wanted to go down the kind of, go down like the travelling route and experience everything. And then I've wanted to settle down in like a small town and open up a cafe and just live like a very... A wholesome life with my family and then I've also wanted to like travel around the world and go to New York and then I've wanted to live the influencer lifestyle and it's the concept that you're probably not going to be able to do all of these things 
Because I want to do them all substantially. I want to feel like I properly did all of them. I don't just want to taste a little bit. I want to go travelling for years. I want to really settle into the thing that I'm doing. And I don't want to feel like... I'm not... Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to feel like I'm just skimming it. And I want to feel like I properly, properly do it. Like, I feel like there's three areas. It's like this cottage lifestyle and then the corporate lifestyle. And then there's travelling and then there's being with my family. And then there's feeling settled and then there's constant change and it's just the constant ebb and flow into thinking what I want to do and how I want to do it and I watched a TikTok and it was saying about how they also want to do everything and perhaps this is why they love reading and I loved that because I thought that's such an that like I've never thought of it like that like I really rings true I love reading because it allows me to escape into other people's lives like I get to experience their world for just a little second And when I do experience their world, then I'm able to kind of feel like I lived a short, brief period of that lifetime. And I'm able to work out whether or not that lifestyle is for me. And I think that's what makes reading so inviting is because you are able to experience it just for a moment. But I think what's really important to realise is that whatever you experience, like within your 20s, whatever lifestyle you choose, that is going to be terrifying. I watched another video and it was explaining how everything in your 20s is filled with uncertainty you are never going to know if you are doing the right thing. And I just thought that really stri- like rings true. I'm never going to know if I'm doing the right thing. I'm never going to know if what I'm doing right now is what I should be prioritising. You're never going to know. But you just have to trust that if it's not what you should have been doing, you're going to have time to redo it. There's going to be chances and you're going to have new opportunities and everything is going to work out. But it is tricky and it's one of those hard things to get your head around is the fact that you never are going to know if what you're doing is right now correct is what you're doing what you should be prioritizing is what you're doing right now the thing that you should be doing and I think about that a lot kind of second guessing the lifestyle that I've chosen the life that I live and is this what's going to make me happy and I don't think you know because also the grass is always greener when you haven't done something new you are able to imagine how it is and you just massively romanticize it you have the rose tinted glasses and there's always going to be negative experiences that you don't think about before they happen which is kind of why I feel like you should stick to it until you're really unhappy. Like at least give things a chance. Because on the like the immediate reaction to an experience that you thought was going to be incredible and it does have a few negative parts, is like, well, of course it is. You weren't able to fully comprehend everything that the experience had before. Okay, next, next thing with my Roman Empire. That for so long... Okay, trigger warning. I'm going to talk about weight loss and weight and like body image. So this isn't for you. If this isn't for you and it makes you uncomfortable listening to it, please skip forward. Will not be offended. Would rather you didn't get triggered or anything like that. Anyway, I'm moving on in five, four, three, two, one. Okay. For so long, my self-worth was dictated by my weight. Like... I vividly remember in year eight, I was really poorly and I lost loads of weight. And I remember stepping on the scales and this number was a number that I'd never been before. It's like the lowest I'd ever weighed. And I, the joy that I felt at that experience, like it's burnt into my brain. I was like, this is really, like the achievement, sense of achievement and pride that I felt that I'd done that. What? I was sick. I hadn't eaten for days because I was just kept throwing up. I was really ill. 
And yet at that moment, I felt like the best I'd ever felt. And I remember as a kid, why the reason why I wanted to eat Special K wasn't because I liked the taste of it. It was because it had a tape measure around the cereal box. And I thought it would help me lose weight because it was like advertised like you can lose five pounds if you just eat this. So much of like my life has been related to how a food is going to impact me and how a food group is going to impact me and how putting on weight and blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, why? Like, diet culture is so horrific. And I really struggle now with it, with, like, the older generations and how they're still, like, pretty hyper-obsessed about the diet culture and diet generation and stuff like that because, like, it's so toxic. And I don't think the people in the generations above us have fully unpacked yet the impact that it's had on them. Because I don't think, I think it's quite like daunting to do because it makes you feel really sad about all of your life you've wasted thinking about that. In a total different way, it's like when I got my ADHD diagnosis, there was this weird part of me that felt really, really sad for so much of my life that I'd been misunderstood and things hadn't made sense and I hadn't gone right. And I think you kind of have the same grieving process when you realise how much of an impact like big ways of thinking have had on your brain and your way of life. Like, when I realised how much diet culture and dieting and food and restrictions and had played on my life, I just thought, what? why? Why did no one protect us from that? And it's not just me. I know it's not just me. I know it's an entire, like, multiple generations of people who have been affected by it. And I just think it's so sad. Like, I watched a video and it was this woman saying about how her mother-in-law, age 90, her main goal was to lose weight. When she was 90, that was all she was working towards, was losing weight. And I was like, there's more to life. I think a massive realisation I had that no matter how healthy you are, no matter how much you go to a gym, like, it's not going to make you live forever. It's not going to make you live forever. Even if you think it might, it's not going to. And that's not to say you shouldn't invest in your health and you shouldn't look after yourself, because you should. But that should be an investment for your elderly body to be able to look after you. But it shouldn't be something like some form of weapon that you can use to beat yourself up against, you know? It should be a thing that is just part of your everyday, but if you miss a gym workout and you go to the pub with your mates instead, like, it's fine. There should be no guilt attached, is what I mean. There should be no worry. Like, you should be able to do whatever... Like, I don't feel anxiety or guilt about missing a workout anymore like I used to. And I think I've just realised that there's more important things in life. There's more things going on. And... I know the gym is really important and it is really good for your mental health and it is, like, all of these things are very, very true. But I think you've got to make sure that you don't think that your mental health can only be good if you do that. Because sometimes other things like connection and socialising and sleep are really good, like, important. And I think it all comes down to this more, like, living a more intuitive lifestyle and being more intuitive and listening to what your body wants. And maybe that has been the biggest change in my life and my opinion of life and going forward it becoming so much more intuitive if I don't want to go for a run I don't have to because I know when I don't want to do one and I should do one and I know when I don't want to do one and I actually really don't want to do one like there is a difference sometimes you can't push yourself to do it and that should definitely sometimes be something that's listened to I think about when I was training for the half marathon there were so many points where I was like I don't want to do this but I forced myself out and like I had to like I was training and I get that and I think there is like it teaches you discipline and I get how that's good but I also think like maybe I pushed myself too hard 
maybe that was too much going on. Like, you know, there was other things I should have been listening to my body with and I just didn't. And I think that's a big part of your life is realising, like, I feel like it's before and after. Before you realise that the be-all and end-all wasn't how your body looked. Before you realise there was more to you than just, like, a human specimen, you know? Next thing... Now, this is not as much of a deep point, but how fish are just flying in water. Like, someone decided fish were swimming and aeroplanes were flying, but really those are just two different densities of, like, very similar things. Like, all that changes water to air is density. And all that, like, all that changes air to you is, like, just density of particles. Like, air to liquid, just density. Like, something, it's just density. It's just how squishily compact things are. So, really, aeroplanes and fish are all doing the same thing. You know, so technically humans can fly just in water. You know, I think about this quite regularly. It's like it's probably worrying how often I think about that point. The fact that we have discovered more of other planets than we have at the bottom of the ocean is also a thing that I think about on the regular. Like we are way too comfortable going across boats. Like imagine if everyone was just like, yeah, I'm going to take a rocket to the planet. Like blah, blah, blah. You'd be like a rocket. Do you realise how dangerous out of space is? But no. We're not like that about boats across the ocean, even though we don't know what is underneath us. We have no idea. Oh, I've got such bad period pains. Oh my God, this is so terrible. I feel like I'm going to throw up. Oh, this might be TMI, but because I'm on the coil, I don't actually have a period anymore, but I just get really, really, really awful cramps. So that's like really not ideal. But anyway, moving on. Well, not moving on, going backwards, actually. There's definitely giant squids at the bottom of the ocean. I would die on that hill. I really think there are giant squids at the bottom of the ocean because if you think about how big it is, if you think about Mount Everest, it is taller than Mount Everest, the bottom of the ocean. And we've never been there. Like, can you even imagine what is down there? I can't, and I really would like to. Um, Final thing that I think about, and I sent him the letter, and the day afterwards, like, we broke up, and then the letter must have arrived. And I just think, God... I wonder how that felt receiving the letter because salt in the wound, you know, regretted sending that the minute I found out. But then I kind of thought, well, maybe in a very toxic way, this will be like good, you know, maybe this will be some salt in the wound because, oh, I felt terrible. But it's just strange to think about. And then the fact that we never saw each other again. Like, it's always one of those weird periods of my life that, I don't really, like, it doesn't really feel real. Like, it doesn't really feel like it happened. Like, I feel like my pre-university life, like, I feel like I had pre-university, university, and now, and both university and the time before don't feel real. Because majority of the people that were all main characters in those chapters of my lives, like, aren't in my lives anymore. Like, I don't talk to them anymore. And I find that really strange. And maybe that's my Roman Empire, is, like, all of the people who meant a lot, who have, like, meant a lot to me in the past, I just don't speak to, like, who I just don't speak to anymore, like, what they're up to. Because I do think about it, like, regularly. I always think about, like, what are you doing? Like, how did it all go? Did things work out for you? Is that still your favourite food? Like, what are your dreams and aspirations? And what's your favourite book at the moment? Like, little things that we used to talk about. Like, I think about that a lot. And I always wonder what they're up to. But again, it's kind of like one of those things that like time has moved on. Although you can all recreate, like reconnect with different people and reconnection can be really great. 
sometimes you just move on and I feel like you have to take the experience for how much it taught you and how much you grew from it and like as something really great but as something that was really great but you've moved on if that makes sense but anyway that's something I think about probably way more than I realized I just wonder what everyone's doing you know it's just strange to think about it and put it into actual words but anyway on to the question part for this week's podcast because I have to run and catch my trade which leaves in one hour and we have 30 minutes to get there which gives me 10 minutes to get out of the house will she make it hopefully I have to make it because this train ticket was 90 pounds and I cannot afford another one so on to the question part of this week's podcast which I was meant to be recording for the last like good solid 20 minutes and I may have been scrolling I may sometimes Sometimes it is just enjoyable and I don't care what people say. I've just realised I've got my charm bracelet on and you guys are just going to be able to hear it's like clicking the entire... No, not clicking, like, oh, I'm going to hold it down and then hopefully it won't be too noisy. But anyway, on to the question part for this week's podcast. So first question, let's go into Instagram. Do you think you'll move back up north in the future? Yes. Maybe not that far away. Like, London... I love London... And it's great. Like, it's served such a great purpose in my life. And I feel like I've matured so much since coming here. And it was always a massive goal for me. Like, me moving to London was always something that I really, really, really wanted. And I do love it. But the thing is, it's so expensive. Like, I spend £800 a month on rent. £66 a month on council tax. £23 on bills. Like, I spend a good grand on just living there. On just exist like that is before food costs, transport. The tube is like thirty quid a week. Like I spend six pounds a day on the tube, and that is literally just going to work and coming back from work. And that's a short tube journey as well. It's just from like one zone difference because apparently I'm in zone two, even though technically I'm in E one. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm not bitter about it. But it's like so many parts of London just add up, and the type of lifestyle that you have there I think is so fun for like a period of time basically I think you need to be earning so much money in order to be able to love London and really 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 enjoy it because you can get a really like there are all of these nice things that you can have but you have to be on so much money and you have to be able to spend quite a lot of that money on where you're living and I think I think do you know what makes it harder is my boyfriend lives in Manchester and so I'm constantly comparing how much my outgoings are compared to his and the quality of life I could have if I lived in a different city where the cost of living isn't so high. And so I think that's why probably I can see my house situation changing not this July, but next July, like 2025. Then I reckon I'll probably leave London and I don't know where I'll go next. I always said Manchester, but... I'd quite like to go abroad at the next one. I feel like the next place, I need to stay there for two or three years. And I think it might be time to go abroad. And I'm just ready for that jump now. I've always had like these things. Like I always wanted to live in London. And now I've lived in London. And now I've always wanted to live in Paris or somewhere in Italy or just somewhere in Europe. Like I really, really, really want to live there. And so I think that'll be my next goal. Sorry, my contact lens has just gone all the wrong way in my eye and it's so itchy. But anyway... So I think I could move up north soon-ish, like relatively soon, but I think it might be more likely that I move abroad. Italy has always been a dream, and I just think the sunshine, it's made me realise, like, it's such miserable weather at the moment, that it's made me, just makes me really sad. And I just think the quality of life when you live in England, like, it's fine, but come September, October, your evenings just end And I think also the thing I've noticed is I've come north for the weekend because I'm staying at home. 
and everyone here is so much chattier, is so much smilier, everyone is happier. And I'm not saying there's not nice and happy, chatty people in London, there are, but it's so much of a more stranger-focused landscape because it's so many more people. Like, it's so much busier, and so everyone is a stranger to each other. And, like, it was just like today, I was in the fish and chip shop, and we were just having a really nice chat with the lady, and because mum goes in there, and, like, they know each other, and they talk about, like, what they're up to, and it's just really lovely, and I miss that familiarity. And so I think, although I would want to live in a city, it would be nice to be in a place where I could get those types of routines with people around me, because I think in the area that I'm in now in London, I don't really feel like that. I do kind of feel a bit anonymous and I think community is really important and I think that'll be what pushes me out of London eventually. I mean, maybe me and my boyfriend will move together, but who knows? Like, it's also really tricky to plan two years away. I don't know what I'm going to want to do in two years. I don't know where my career will be in two years. Like, so much could change and I find that kind of... I don't know, but the North is definitely an option. I can sense it more and more as I'm getting older and older because it's also it's just nice to have space and it's nice to be near your family and be able to pop down if you want to, you know? Anyway, next question. Advice on long distance relationship anxiety. Hmm. That it's all right. Sorry, I'm just moving again because my eye is so itchy. Oh, I have to take my, I'm going to have to take my contact lens out. I can't do this. Sorry, that was absolutely awful. I felt my ears were on fire. I need to stop moving my hand. Advice on long distance relationship anxiety. First off, realise it's normal. I think I only don't, I don't get anxious anymore, but it's because I've been doing it for three years. You know, your body's in fight or flight it doesn't know what's going to happen. And it's totally understandable that that's making you feel anxious and unsure because this is a new situation that you found yourself in. Okay, it's scary and there's so much trust involved and that can make it really hard and it can make you second guess things and it can make you wonder if things really are going to work out. But I think you just have to stop thinking so far away. You just have to focus on each day as it comes, each month as it comes, each year as it comes. Because if you told me at the very start that me and Louis won't live together until we are 25 and we got together when we were 19, if you'd have told me, Bella, you're going to do six years of long distance, that is double the amount of time I thought I was going to do. Six years of long distance is a really long amount of time to be long distance for. But if you'd have told me that at the start that would make me feel sick and so anxious. But because I didn't know that at the start, because I just kind of thought it was going to be after uni, it didn't feel too bad. And so I'd give yourself manageable goals about how it's going to work out. And because we always had a plan of like, we could work out after uni. And then when it didn't work out and I decided like, I want to do my master's, it was always a plan of eventually being together. And I think that's also important when you are in this long distance world. It's for, it was important for me anyway. I think there's two types of long distance. There's long distance before you eventually live together or there's long distance forever. And they're two different types of relationships. And I can't speak on the long distance forever one because I don't have that. But for the long distance with the ultimate aim of being together, I think having a plan of how you're going to come together can be really reassuring. Because even though I know my plan is two years away and it's nowhere near and so much of my life can change, there is a real comfort in knowing that eventually we will be together. That this isn't forever the the goodbyes, even though they're not getting easier, each goodbye is closer to the last time we're ever going to have to do it. And that's really exciting. And I think with the anxiety, you just have to trust that you're going in it with someone that you really want to... Like, you, you can't do long distance with someone you're not 100% on, you know? You have to really like them because it's going to put... And I'm not going to... It's going to be hard. Like, long distance is hard. There's going to be moments where you just want them. And... There's going to be growing pains where you trust, you have to learn to trust each other and you're going to argue. And it is going to be tricky. But these are all situations that you would have had if you weren't together. 
And I think it makes you stronger because it makes you face things that you maybe wouldn't have faced before. And then when eventually you are together, you know you've been through so much. You know that when you guys are on miles and miles away from each other, you still want each other. And I think that is also a big thing of, I like overthink a lot of things, obviously. And I worry, like, am I doing the right thing? Is this the right relationship? Blah, 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 blah. But the fact that even when we're not together in the same place, even when I'm doing my total entire own thing, he's still the only person that I want to be with. I feel like that really shows that this is definitely the right relationship for me to be in. And I think that also helps with that anxiety about being long distance. It's seeing it more of in a way that it like it shows that you guys are right for each other. Shows that you guys are really good for each other. And it is important that you create your own life. And I think if you are like me, I find it really easy to be really comfortable and just to slip into other people's lives and stop pushing for my own. I know that's bad to say, but it's truth. Like, I'm just going to tell you guys the truth. Like, it is bad, but I do find it really easy. And I think this has been the best thing about long distance for me is because it's pushed me to do my own life. It's made me do my own thing, which maybe I wouldn't have done before. And so I know long distance can be really overwhelming and it can be really confusing and it can be so much anxiety. I promise you it can be a really good thing as well because it's going to push you to become your own person that you might not have been pushed to before. Okay, final question. Are you single? If you hadn't guessed, no. I have been my boyfriend for four years. No, three years. I'm just rounding up at this point. Four years in July. So three and a half years, really, which is mental. It's nearly been my longest relationship. It's weird, though, because, like, the fact that this is nearly my longest relationship, the fact that this amount of time was how long I was with my ex for, like, really puts it in perspective, because I didn't feel like I was with him for that long, but I really was. And it just made me realise, like, I really was with, like, that person for a while. Like, a really long time, when I think about how much has happened over the last three and a half years, you know? Really puts it into perspective. Like, no wonder I was sad when we broke up. Like, sometimes it's weird, because you're like, why was I so heartbroken, blah, 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 blah. And then, like, thinking about actually, like, contextually how long of a period of time it was makes me realise why. But anyway, on to the new things I've done this week. So, on to the new things I've done this week. And I have a solid lineup for you because I have watched so many films. I have read so much. I have listened. Like, guys, I've really been travelling a lot this week. And so I have so many things to update you on that I have done that I think you should do too. Okay, first thing. Started a new book, Arrangements in Blue incredible please read it if you like Joni Mitchell which I would die on a hill for her I don't know if that's a saying but I've picked it up and I've realized I get a little bit obsessed with sayings or words like evidently evidently was my word for like a like I get obsessed with something saying something and die on a hill is my current thing and I actually don't know if it's a thing so apologies if it's not but Joni Mitchell I love her so this woman has written a book and she was also obsessed with Jamie Mitchell and it's about the album Blue and she kind of takes you through each song and like speaks about it from her own point of view but it's all about her life as a 40 year old who still hasn't found anyone like she's still single she lives on her own and her life growing up and finding love on your own and I just think like the way she's written about some of the things are so beautiful that it's just there's this this really specific segment I might you know what I want to read it to you Okay, if you have British grandparents, or maybe not just British grandparents, but I just feel like this is so stereo like the it, it just summarized my grandparents so perfectly. I'm sorry, I am gonna read for a little chunk now. 
They had a weekly menu they rarely diverted from. Salad on Mondays, fish on Fridays, roast on Sunday. I remember as a child always leaving their tables satisfied. Even the foods were exciting to me, things we didn't get at home. When I visited them as an adult, I was struck by how austere their provisions were, how small the portions and how were there to be any leftovers, no matter how miagra, they would carefully be wrapped and stored. Three slices of cucumber in a tiny dish covered with foil from the top of a ready meal that had been removed, cleaned and stashed away along with the wrappers from a packet of blue butter. Not only did the customs and habits of the household remain the same, the contents did too. And this staid but harmonic environment was a source of tremendous comfort. Its crockery and cutlery enchanted me. Pyrex with matching lids, cut glass serving bowls that caught the light, sandwich plates, faux bone handled knives, a special spoon for grapefruit, a special spoon to a scoop of boiled egg from a pan, an egg timer filled with sand so old it could no longer keep time. Most of these were wedding gifts. Some we were able to identify in a list we found after my grandparents died. A typo document grandma had made to record who needed to be thanked for what. These objects seemed to possess an inscrutable but absolute adulthood. In the accumulation of objects that played very specific roles, I too would attain that quality, the beautiful mystery and command of having an adult place in the world, a relationship to objects that could cause me to collide with lonesomeness, where romantic love would charge their materials world with symbols of their presence or absence of someone I loved. It might be their favourite jumper on the back of a chair, one I could pull on to feel close to them when they were elsewhere, a still warm cup in the sink or coming home to see a light on in the hall, home's mood already animated. If your grandparents don't have, like, my grandparents have this set of crockery that is so old. When we went to this museum in, like, like a little town near where we are, they have this, like, old-fashioned, like, home museum. I love those types of museum. Like, I genuinely find it so interesting. I love a museum. If you ever want to go to a museum, I will always say yes. I love a museum. Their crockery was in the museum. Everything they owned was in the museum because they've literally had it since they got married, like... 70 years ago so I feel like this book I just love it it's by Amy Key and just please read it you're gonna really 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 love it and I'm gonna buy my own copy and I just think I just think it's brilliant I just think it is absolutely brilliant I might get it for a few little Christmas presents this year maybe but anyway that's on my reading list I also read what did I finish I finished a book normal people hmm Right, I'm going to say something controversial. I didn't think the book... I thought the book was all right. I did not think it's one of the most amazing things I've ever read in my entire life. I really didn't. And I started rewatching it on BBC and I got a bit bored. I really did. And I, I do wonder if part of the obsession with this TV show is just because it happened in lockdown. If it had been released now, would the response be the same? I don't know. Anyway, I'll leave that with you. You to think over. I know some people love it, but I just... I don't know, like it was really good and I did really like parts of it and I guess I did really feel like I was in the story but it reminds me of another book that I read you know the really one with the really sad ending I can't remember what it's called maybe I'll put it in the show notes but it reminds me of another book in that and I just mm, I think I preferred the other one on the watching series if you haven't watched like if you need a little horror film for this weekend or for the like Tuesday smile it was the scariest horror film I've watched in so long. I actually felt sick the entire period of time. I thought the storyline was really clever. It wasn't like any other horror film I've ever watched. Like I'd watched, I've, I've watched quite a lot of horror films, I'm not going to lie. And I don't even really like them. But my boyfriend really likes them. So we always watch them together. Because it's quite a fun thing to watch. This was one of the scariest ones I've watched in so long. Definitely recommend watching it. And we rewatched. Um, 
what's it called? The new horror film that's on Netflix that likes the famous one about the ghosts. I can't remember. Anyway, we went to watch it in the cinema, but we turned it into a drinking game where every time one of us got scared, we had to take a shot. And by the end of it, I can't lie, I don't remember the film. I started laughing at points and re-watching it back, I was just like, I must have looked like really weird laughing at parts of this really scary horror film. But it's just because I wasn't gauging what was going on and so it didn't make any sense. But anyway, other new things that I've watched, I'm back into Gilmore Girls. I think I'm starting it again. We're entering winter, I'm entering my hibernation, I'm on my period, I'm eating chocolate like it's going extinct. And I just think I'm back into it. I can't help it. I just I just needed that. I also watched the David Beckham thing, but I think I've spoken about that. I watched that quite a while ago. And that is all I have watched and read. Mm, 1989, I need to properly listen to. I'm going to listen to that on the train tomorrow. I am excited. I'm so excited. And yeah, you know what? That is about it. I've also shined all my jewellery, which I guess is a new thing. It looks lovely. Everything looks so shiny and new. That's why I'm wearing everything. I kind of ruined... I have this charm bracelet I got when I was a kid. And you know what? I think I'm going to bring it back into fashion. I don't know if it's a bit annoying, because listen, a jingle, a jingle wherever I go, but I feel like it could be fashionable. But anyway, I love you loads. Thank you so much for listening. And make sure you can... Make sure you tune in again next week and make sure you're following me on Instagram and on TikTok at you've got mail underscore pod. But anyway, I love you loads and I can't wait to speak to you next week. Love you. Bye. Oh my God. How many times do I say love you? I'm sorry. That was a bit excessive, but I do. Anyway, have a great evening. I'll speak to you soon. Bye.